When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's go! What's up, everybody? Welcome to Binge Town TV. This is Brian here with Luke and Kathleen. And today we're going to be talking episode seven, the series finale of the Hulu original series, A Murder at the End of the World. Today's episode is entitled Retreat. Very fitting. And I do want to rewatch you over to BenchtownTV.com as per usual, but we are on a little bit of a time crunch here, so I won't do the usual laundry list of mm-hmm. items. However, we are we have some good things cooking. Yu Yu Hakusho Beacon 23, Survivor, I see Kathleen's got her little kerchief there wrapped around her neck. So <laughs> you can find everything we do over at BenchtownTV.com. You know how to navigate the internet. We got... A series finale to talk about here. A murder at the end of the world. We finally get the answer to who done it. And it was Ray Mm -hmm. with Mm -hmm. Zoomer in (laughs) Bill's room. Oh, man. A lot to like, a lot to dislike. I want to hear your guys' thoughts. A lot to pat Kathleen on the back about, but we'll get there. You know, we'll get there. I'm going to just start off to say I'm a little disappointed you know, as a whole, I can look back on the show and say I, I really enjoyed it. It was fun. It was I love a whodunit. Through a critical lens, I think it it was missing some pieces. I think um, by the end, I, this isn't a show that I would tell everyone I know to watch. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the characters ended up being irrelevant, which is okay, I guess. I'm not, I'm not sure. For this episode, the flashback, which was maybe 15 seconds of the episode, was my favorite part. I think that emotional beat was like the best part. Um, But in general, like I just can't tell if I love Britt Marling. So I think a lot of where my confusion lies is, is that Lee wasn't actually as big of a character as I wanted her to be. I don't think they gave us enough emotional connection with Lee for it to be this big emotional ending surrounding Darby and Lee. I, I think they missed a beat there, but I also think I'm biased because if it wasn't Britt Marling, I think I would be so far on the on the like what side. Mm-hmm. But since it's Britt Marling, I'm like, oh, yeah, leave. And I'm like, is it only because it's Britt? I can't tell. Um, so not to start like super negative at the top. Like I had such a fun time. Um, I'm glad it was Zoomer with Ray. That feels satisfying to me versus it being one of the like other guests. Um, but I've talked a lot. So, Luke, what do you think? Yeah, this is a tough one because I hate going into a finale and just starting it off negative because it seems like we're probably all going to be on the same page that this was not an extraordinary series. It wasn't like super unique. I wasn't like mind blown, really, even at the mic drop moments at the end. Yeah, nothing was crazy. It wasn't anything special. I'm just disappointed because the expectation and the bar was set so high for us as a group. And I know that's our fault for being a little biased, having some love for the OA and thinking that we were going to get something that mind bendingly crazy, which we did not. Uh, But there were so many things that I want to just bring up. I don't want to harp on this as super negative because if you're listening to this, I'm sure you really like the show. You want to hear more content on it. And we're going to break this down and we're going to go through everything brings up our bring up the positives and negatives. But 
this feels like a show that's meant really for somebody who's never seen a whodunit before because it wasn't like anything crazy. Yeah. I actually would even say it was even maybe subpar for a whodunit alone because of the the lack of fleshing out of the side characters. Because mm-hmm. they could have taken away two of them, given everybody a little bit more screen time. All in all, like it just felt like they were going they were going through a checklist of what you have to do to do a whodunit. I don't know, but that part really bothered me. And then also, I just think that they they tried to plant these seeds of black mirror sci-fi tv but they just didn't lean far enough into that they didn't lean far enough into the kill i don't know there was a lot that i just felt like they didn't pick a pick a pick a lane and really lean into that um that's what i'm feeling and then yeah i i think lee was a letdown of a character even andy fell into like the exact trope that we kind of pegged him for in the first 10 minutes of the show speaking a lot but i'm just kind of like raw emotions it's a little sad because we've been waiting for a show from this this power couple of writers for years and it just doesn't feel like that this is anything special like i'm not going to tell paul jimmy or kyle to really watch this or dave like they don't need to watch it i know they might but overall like a solid six and a half is where i'm at mm-hmm. i don't know b times what would you leave this show one to ten instant gut thought like a seven i'll give it it wasn't yeah. like terrible but six and a half sounds good i don't like to do the halves it defeats the purpose of a 10 point scale just make it a 20 <laughs> point scale and give it a what would that be a 13 yeah um, i'm in with a 13 out of 20 that's fine sure yeah but i agree with the points you were saying they couldn't really pick a track i mean it doesn't seem like Britain zell had any interest in developing the side characters to really lean into the whodunit and make that the focus of the story because the emotional oomph behind this whole story is this tragic love story of Darby and Bill. And we were only getting these little tidbits of that story of them in the flashbacks. And in hindsight, those were probably some of the best scenes of the series. Yep. So I saw someone be like, maybe they should have just made the whole series following Darby and Bill, who were probably inherently the most interesting characters and their love story, which everyone was invested in but bill was already dead by the end of episode one so you were it was just weird it had a very weird feeling what i will give credit for is like even though kathleen you called that it was ray in episode one and we were jokingly but increasingly more and more putting some weight behind the zoomer was the killer theory Mm -hmm. i think that whole realization by darby was it still hit for me i was Mm -hmm. like wow it really was zoomer and putting all the clues together i think that was a very satisfactory thing luke i also want to say a lot of the stuff i was reading said that people could not get past the fact that she was gen z sherlock holmes and had just a completely incorrect methodology about approaching a an investigation like this and was just an inherently bad detective Okay, so all those times I was harping on it, it was kind of worth it. It was something that the general audience noticed. Well, yeah, and they made it, the word they used was contrived. It was a story mechanism that she would Mm -hmm. just like spill all the beans to everybody that she would talk to. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. But last thing I'll say too, because you just said something I want to reemphasize too, that um, like the Bill and Darby stuff, while it was slower in the beginning, was the most complete story so like by the end and i will also give them credit like the ray being the killer was fine like i had nothing against this there's one particular part i have towards the very end of it that we'll talk about but overall it was fine it just wasn't mind-blowing we've been guessing ray andy or lee like who else really like in from the beginning we never were given a reason to believe it was the other characters so but the ray killer reveal was okay that wasn't bad at all for me not that these things don't exist but i think from 
episode one, we kind of saw Lee as a victim between or against controlling Andy. And by episode eight, that's exactly how their character arcs wrapped up. Lee was a victim behind this controlling monarch of Andy. Mm -hmm. And I just didn't like that. They just fell into those roles. So a little boring. Yeah, it it was boring. And that's what we've been saying during our entire coverage is we wouldn't want it to end up that way. And it it did. Yeah. 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 And this is the last thing I'll say. This is the first note I made. Say sorry to Lee, because last episode I was like, like Lee's going to be bad. So like, fuck everything she said. I didn't really like give her any sympathy for Andy being a monster. So now I'm apologizing to Lee now that I know that that's all true. Like the scene of Andy even talking to her about like the divorce and like holding his hand and like having her against the wall is just like the epitome of like the, a man being like overpowering you with stature and and money and Zeba calling him out being like, how the fuck was she supposed to do that with like, there's like a power struggle yeah. here of course so yeah. i apologize to lee i didn't want it to end that that way i think that lee face she made two episodes ago was like such a weird choice if she was just going to be pure good there were multiple times throughout this show now looking back that they made weird decisions that had no payoff like yeah. why was sean like speeding on the black ice like i thought that was going to be a thing that meant nothing yeah. like some of these things like they're meant to kind of create mystery in the moment but in hindsight now they don't even add anything they were We've, just there to you know we find out that david was lee uh darby's attacker yeah and his reasoning was to protect lee and it's like that doesn't really add up he would physically assault darby to try and protect lee like those those numbers aren't adding up to me so yes just another thing it's like they just did that as a misdirect yeah Yeah, and i guess that whole thing is you know lee wanted to escape rohan and bill knew this plan maybe even david at some point obviously if he's tackling uh darby about it but I guess the more Darby was getting into it, the better chance that Andy could find out about this plan. So David was like, fucking stop because Mm -hmm. it's going to screw up this plan. But again, it's like David doing that is weird to me. They forgave David way too easily for him. Still, he was still like an asshole and like, yeah, I don't know. But let's let's just start going through because these conversations will naturally come up. The good news is it's a finale. So we'll know to skip over some of the bullshit and we'll be able to just talk about the real important pieces. B-Times, are you ready to go too? I don't want to jump ahead if you're not ready. Nah, take us there. We usually would split it into flashbacks and current day scenes here, but there's only one flashback with Darby and Bill. And it's really just like a collective of all their scenes together. So we're not even going to separate that. We're just going to start right back into the current day and we're dealing with Todd and Andy gathering everybody into the main bunker, like living room apocalypse part that Andy has built. And this scene is basically half of my notes for the entire episode. It is just all of their conversations. It's really just putting the conclusions together, figuring everything out. So I don't want to go through every uh, plot point here, but I kind of just want to open it up to once we get down here, we have our initial conversation to everything before we find out that it's really Ray and Zoomer. So a couple of things here, whatever you guys want to talk about, but before Zoomer enters the scene, and as Brian said, he's kind of the worst. He just like cries and freaks. So before that moment happens, whatever we want to talk about. I wrote some quick notes about, you know, obviously Andy wants Ray to be for everyone, educate your children, et cetera, et cetera. We know this is like a big critique on technology, right? That's what this whole mm-hmm. thing is. Andy's now worried about himself and his reputation and he's acting like a psycho keeping everybody downstairs but i went through notes just like for the side character so lume was only relevant for her money it's the only reason she wa- he wanted her to buy ray for the smart cities because he needs to he needs funding two zeba and martin were basically 
irrelevant, like almost yes. full irrelevance, nothing. Oliver only for his machines. And honestly, like I really do think that people were saying it was either Oliver or Zoomer under the the camera because, you know, it could have been either or. So the that chair, was another yeah. like, yeah, the chair um, for the camera, for the door. And then David hates Andy. There's like this resentment, but they don't really get into it. It just kind of it's like David's playing second fiddle. And, and that's that's really it. That's all I've got. But I just wanted to like touch on on each character and specifically say that Zeba and Martin were Although I like Zeba, I like her. I like her, but I like her flipping off Norman the doorman, and I like her standing up for Lee in this episode. Well, hey, that, Nor- let's Norman has his scene this <laughs> episode, does. and we will get to it. <laughs> so reel it in over there, Kathleen. No, um, no, no. I, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, but for sure, there's not really all that much. They literally just go through the people that had nothing to do with the murder, and that's really it. And then there is Darby's aha moment, and Zoomer is unbearable while he's wailing, and they have this weird med kit toy from like the 1920s. Uh, I don't know. No, I don't have much commentary on yeah. like the beginning stuff, if I'm being there's, honest. There's just dirty laundry being aired here lee and andy drop andy drops everything like including the zoomer and bill connection we get all of that Mm -hmm. but then it gets broken up by zoomer and then this is when we get reintroduced to the idea of ray when like brian just said darby has the click moment but i liked a lot of the conversation around ray at this point my criticism of the whole ray killer reveal happens in the brain room so i'll save any any criticisms for that point but i did like all this all this stuff like Andy even says like ray thinks in centuries because he's ai so they did a lot of commentary meta commentary on ai i thought that worked for me to really kind of build the the motivation of how ray could have even done this so that i thought they did a good job like and kathleen you know you were able to figure this out I don't know, loosely figure it out after episode one or two, but we did kind of keep nailing it and go and, and attacking it at a realistic um, mm-hmm. as a realistic solution. So this is kind of where it just pays off and we're just connecting any dots that there were there to connect. Yeah, I thought that the the weird part about Darby going through the click moment, it felt awkward to me because everyone's just sitting there. Maybe one or two people have some commentary to be like, oh, Wow. But it's like, if you were getting locked in a basement, people are getting murdered. This guy is like choking out Darby, like a threatening Lee. It's like people would be acting up. People would be standing up and being like, what is going on? It was just like, when you think about the people and what's happening in the scene, it felt awkward to me. I'm like, this is just not how it would go. Like even Darby going through this like Sherlock moment of deducing things and playing the like fake app to to get Ray to react to her and to answer her and Andy's just standing there if you don't want this red then go smack it out of her hand and say Ray stop everything (laughs) just felt disjointed to me and I hate it because everything I say is bad but it's because we're on a podcast and I genuinely like generally I enjoyed it but since we're on a podcast I have to kind of call out all things it deserves the microscope treatment if we're here and I agree I don't like shitting on a show that we've been covering for you know now what six seven straight weeks of just drops like it it hurts to say all this stuff but like you know i feel like we are honest about our opinions so i don't want that to turn you off because like this wasn't i don't regret watching or covering this show at all it's just more about giving realistic criticisms to it and that i i get what you're saying like the atmosphere that they built the tension didn't really match the type of reveals we were getting for the Mm -hmm. show like the culmination so i I get all that so i'm not gonna try and talk you off the ledge because i'm i'm right there with you baby (laughs) yeah definitely (laughs) 
We good that, there? We that, get, that makes three of us. No, I mean, this was just, they all just fall into the exact roles that I knew they were. And like mm-hmm. I said at the beginning, the Zoomer reveal, it made sense. That was satisfying. And that had some like, wow, that is kind of crazy how everything went down. And when they were showing the flashback of like him actually entering the room and injecting him, that was Aww. great. But every other character was predictable. Andy was the controlling bad guy who was whispering the, I don't know, his manifesto to Ray to give sure. him the motivation. Lee was just at the end of the day, a victim of a controlling billionaire um, and the nondescript background characters were nondescript background characters. It was mm-hmm. unfortunate, yeah. too. I, I agree, though, that the uh, the bill, like that quick scene of Zoomer poking Bill was still like a gut punch to me. That was hard to watch because he had just no idea what was going on. So like that still worked. And I liked that they actually showed and not just told us what Ray's, Ray set off. Uh, but then there was also that one reveal that completely unguessable, but I guess we technically was there was Lou May trying to hack the security and get out and yeah. get picked up is what caused Sean's helmet to lock up and basically for her to eventually die. So that wasn't guessable really in the moment. So I'm not even going to hold that against us, but I will. I'm a little mad at myself because I put a lot of weight on trying to figure out who the killer was based on who was in the room that could have hacked the helmet. But mm-hmm. if it was just Ray the whole time, that was just wasteful thinking. It's also a little weird because then she just coincidentally died in the hospital bed after being in a stable condition. Right. You know what I mean? Like she got treatment, seemed good, and then just died, which it's possible. I mean, she went through a lot, but. Because, Brian, we were saying that was the episode, Kathleen, I think you left a little bit early. So we Mm -hmm. were talking about the idea that whoever David, like the killer that was like holding a hostage, was snuck into the room because we were saying she was just Darby just kept fucking around to find out and they killed her so that doesn't make any sense at all and it was just a huge coincidence that Sean passed away the second Darby went to get her water now like that doesn't necessarily do much for me well there's a lot of that this episode and this season (laughs) I think I don't know I feel like we're pretty much past our commentary of before Zoomer entering Uh, like no yeah yeah. we're, we're basically up to the point where they're telling Andy to ask Ray, why do you think Bill was a threat? Like, why did this have to happen? And he's re- and he's he's refusing. And then I think this is Norman the Dorman's moment, right? It is. Oh, were- mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Big time. Um, yeah, because he rejects the order to basically go and get the cops. Right. He wants to know what Ray was thinking, like everybody else does. And that's when we get the deep fake voice question. And then Brian, you kind of already touched on it a little bit. Like we get an Andy's therapy session. So that stuff was all fine for me. Like that's, if you're going to kick it off organically to have an AI, like have these motivations for an objective reason, like this is the way to go about it. So I was fine with that. I thought it was pretty good how we could sense Ray's heel turn when Ray started to feel the heat because before they start pressuring Andy to reveal his therapy session, Andy has to get a confirmation. Ray, did you kill Bill? Did Zoomer kill Bill? But it takes him asking specifically, did you instruct Zoomer to inject Mm -hmm. the morphine from my lab into Bill? And only then did Ray say yes. So, like, they're kind of showing this a little bit of a... I don't know, uh, self-will, what, what is it? Free will out of Ray to be able to kind of not specifically answer the question Andy is asking that would incriminate him. I mean, I think Luke, is that kind of your criticism in the final scene with Ray? Because that, that was the, the kind of criticism I had for Ray in the last scene was that he's like, Zoomer, no, let's end the game. Zoomer. It's like, where did that come from? Like, you can't just do that. 
So, yeah, okay, so what you're saying is you're kind of going against what Brian's saying here. So Ray is dancing around the questions because of the objectivity of yes, what he's being exactly. asked, but I um, don't think he's doing it for a subjective reason. Like, Ray's just trying to get Andy out of it. I think Ray is, well, at least at this point in the story, is painted as something that is completely systemic. It is doing everything that is that it's programmed to do, but then yep. what Kathleen's hinting at, and this was my criticism, was it just grows like some sort of like self-survival <laughs> Bible instinct that just yeah. came out of nowhere, which kind of which kind of went away from the idea that Andy's therapy sessions, which Ray took as objective truths when he's saying, I want to kill this person, like that yeah. all makes sense to me. And it kind of even goes back to earlier in the season when I forget what Darby's metaphor she used, but he takes it literally. It was something like, yeah, it was something when they were, yeah. So that was like kind of a hint towards Ray takes everything literally and he runs with it. Yeah, that's just where I was going. So I thought that the last scene kind of breaks that where it just mm -hmm. kind of throws all that out the window. And it seems like, Kathleen, you saw that, too. Yep. Yeah, totally. I, I would agree that the last scene took it way farther than was satisfying for me when he was like, right. don't end the game, Zoomer. Like that mm -hmm. was too much. But yeah. him just like kind of coyly dodging the question that would incriminate him as an A.I. I was like, uh, OK, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But now that you're saying that, I do think that question Darby asks originally is to lead us to believe it is supposed to be systemic, as, as right. you said. So yeah. you've convinced me. Yeah. No, but it was cool because you, you brought up the faulty programming thing a bunch of times, B-Toms, like, and that was, turns out to be the blooded, the bloody highlighted word. I think we latched on to all the clues that they were giving us. It's just yeah. we were trying so hard to think of a way that this wasn't going to be very straightforward. Yeah, there there was a few good lines. Like I actually really loved the Andy therapy sessions just being like he's he's fucking late, he's cocky, mm -hmm. like I fucking hate this guy. <laughs> like it's actually very funny. I enjoyed that. And then um I like when Darby's saying like you crossbred these AIs and created a monster driven by your greatest fear and then you made Ray Zoomer's only teacher and friend. I thought that was intense. I thought that was awesome. And then Zeba says the thing, Zeba and Martin together are like Ray is a mirror and us without feelings, which is so scary. And the whole thing ends up being like, this will not be the only time something bad like this happens. Mm -hmm. Like the, yeah. not to jump to the end, but the cops don't, or the, the government or whoever the judge doesn't know what to do. Who do you dole out punishments to? Like, who's to say? Um, I think other shows have done this similarly as well. I just watched one. I think it was called like Class of 08, where like technology becomes a big part of the judicial system. And then it kind of becomes like really fucking insane. Um, so I think so that, that was precedent, that, baby. Yeah. <laughs> I said all that legal precedent. Yeah, exactly. So but anyway, well, in general, my favorite part was when either the flashbacks or when Lee clunks Andy in the head. I kind of wish he <laughs> I kind of wish he got it with that clunk, but he didn't. Uh, all, the, all that morphine he's been taking. I guess that's it was saved. still a good clunk. Yeah. Um, and I kind of want to go back to the big question here. What is your two's opinion? Is it 100% Andy's fault? Because it seems like everybody in the room didn't 100% make up their mind, but think Andy is 100% at fault here. But at the same time, Andy's cases, I was in what I thought was a therapeutic session. I would never say things that take it that far, but people absolutely can mm -hmm. and do say those things behind closed doors in the, yeah. you know, the, the, the trust of their therapist. So like, who would you dole out the blame to? He is the so, only human that can be held accountable, but is he entirely accountable? Yeah, I thought Andy was was being 
reasonable or maybe not reasonable is the right word, but he was valid for, for him saying like, I have so much pressure on me. You guys don't know. I need to say things that I don't mean. Like that's what people do in therapy. So I bought all of that. I don't hold him yeah. accountable for saying anything in like a hyperbolic context, but like, I don't even know how this gets done in, in real life right now. Right. Like what if like a Tesla autopilot crashes and kills somebody? Mm-hmm. Like, how do they, how do you decide? Is it Tesla's fault? Is it the driver's fault? Like, what is it? the te- Like, who knows? Like, it's really, it's really just kind of something that we're dealing with in the modern time now. And we're going to be in the future, like very soon. So it, it's something that we're going to have to decide as a society. But like, I don't know. I think Andy's value that he adds to the world while he's a terrible person. Like, it seems like he has some sort of environmental value to society. So like, maybe not put him in jail, but definitely you know, penalize him, throw regulations on him, make sure he's monitored a little bit more. But I don't know. I don't think he's he should be thrown in like a prison, maybe for like hitting Lee. But that's aside from like the Ray allegations. Yeah. And like locking people in a basement, holding them hostage. Like these are all like smaller crimes. But yeah, I mean, it seems like he got his punishment in the fact that they say he disappeared. And I mean, he, he loses he's all his about kid. his reputation. Yeah, he doesn't have his kid, which I I've got issues with that as well. You mean to tell me they couldn't find Lee and Zoomer with all those tracks? They like literally show them walking, and there's just like tracks in the snow, like following them. And it's not snowing yeah, but, anymore. Yeah, but they get on a boat and they go to Argentina or something like that. I get that, point. but there was cops surrounding the place when they were leaving. There was cops in the building. How did they get so far? Just like. Lee mm. in normal clothes, not in one of those super suits. Zoomer in like a freaking blanket bill sweater. It's like, sorry, sorry. Reel me back in. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's fine. I mean, <laughs> I did not. OK, Rohan's boat stuff was OK. I'm glad they got away. I, I really liked that. The ending of this. And as soon as Darby started speaking, like narrating, I knew she was going to be at a reading of whatever the Mm -hmm. next book was going to be. I thought that was really well done the way they rounded that out. Yeah. And I think everybody was there except I think Oliver Martin, Ziva and David were there. Yeah. Right. So no Yeah. No Lume. Okay. That's the person that I noticed wasn't there, which is just, I don't know. I don't know if there's any She would be in China. Yeah. 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 She lives there. That would be hard to just show up for a book reading. So when they're saying goodbye and Darby's like, I'm never going to see you again to Lee. And then, and then sweet zoomer, poor zoomer, man, he's the real victim in all of this. He killed two people basically, <laughs> like yes, whatever. But when he says they're saying goodbye to each other and Darby's like, you remind me very much of someone I love and the flashes, I, the music, I was like, yes. Every time they showed Bill's face, I was fully in but mm-hmm. darby and bill's connection from day one episode one it was always there i always felt the spark these two actors like crushed it together so i'm glad we got that i just wish it was more i mean killing bill in episode one is a flashy big thing because you do love bill and you still get him but not enough but man mm-hmm. i wish we got him more in the current day yeah bill was great one no, of the cool cadence of the show is that we didn't like Bill at the point where he died. So post posthumously, is that a word? Yeah, pos- posthumously. Yeah, post- yeah. That word, meaning <laughs> after death, we came to gain this appreciation for him because the first two episodes, we were like, fuck Bill, why did he leave our girl Darby? But yeah. that was yeah. a really cool kind of cadence to this show, which is not usually how you are handed a love story. And also... That scene, it was very funny because the dialogue almost wanted us 
to feel her saying goodbye to Lee was the emotional, wow, they're never going to see each other again. I couldn't care less, but it was her saying goodbye to Zoomer. And really the last shred that she had of Bill, that's where it hits you. I also think since we aren't going to revisit the scene in, you know, raise in the brain. Yeah. Britt Marling's best line of all time is, oh my gosh, what exactly did she say? Okay. She said, I'm going to explain it to him someday, but right now mama's got to start a fire and she just (laughs) fucking starts a fire. And it was like a laugh out loud, incredible moment. I love that. Yeah. I mean, it was just the, the turning of Ray to being cartoonishly evil for like two seconds. That was what annoyed me with that scene. But yeah, it, it was cool that they just started the battery fire. I didn't even know that was a thing that like, whatever normal suppressants can't put out battery fires but that that all worked out pretty well but yeah like the epilogue talk it was all just kind of what i expected as soon as the voiceover came in like andy disappears off the grid gets he gets sued or he sues lee actually for kidnapping who's on the run she's disappeared the rohan sean and bill's death still under investigation we've been talking all the court talk like they've been throwing that stuff around which makes sense that seems like a good ending for them and then i think yeah that's pretty much it it's just the flash to the to the book reading and that's pretty much seen so god i wanted a little bit more man i I wanted a little bit more i waited so long for britain's out to make a show just sad. I wish this was OI season three. <laughs> Me too. You know, it's funny too, is that all I could think of is like Lee and Zoomer got out and then Darby writes a book about it and is like shedding more light to the fact that they are missing people to be found. I'm like, stop it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like what's going on? Like, well, Don't draw more attention. That's a good point. <laughs> it's like, it's like, I really do think this show would have worked better as it just being called the silver dough or silver what was it called silver dough silver yeah. dough yeah yeah the silver dough and it was more like true detective style of just bill and and darby's adventure to find this and it could have even ended in, in bill's death in a different way like that might have been more fun i don't know it seemed like they cared only about the character work for bill and darby and less so for everybody else mm-hmm. so i was thinking this okay we know the story of the silver dough now we know the story of the retreat what if they do a season two of this and it's a completely different scenario, but it is still following the character of Darby Hart being thrust into a different situation? Because I really, despite all the flaws of the show as a whole, enjoyed her performance as Darby Hart. I thought Definitely. that the Gen Z Sherlock Holmes, when it hit, it was hitting. It was good, yeah. But they kind of shot themselves in the feet for the stuff we've been talking about the whole time with how she wasn't really a good detective. So I guess my question is would you guys watch a season two of this same character darby hart different mystery yeah definitely yeah i I would definitely watch it i just would probably stay with a little bit lower expectations i still don't know if i'm out here recommending it to everybody and their mother but i would definitely watch it it would be tough because you need to give darby more backstory to add on to and it feels like she's like what else do we need to learn about her backstory i feel like i know darby enough but like i could see them doing it but Britain's Al, I feel like also if they didn't have something in mind when they started writing, I don't think that they're going to conti- like think up a new story to continue. I think they would rather do a different project, but that's just, yeah, I don't know. I do agree, but we never touched on the backstory of why the mother left, which Kathleen was like, I feel like the mother's going to play a role. And yeah. also her dad was pretty interesting. You know, the the coroner who mm-hmm. yeah made her 
comfortable around dead bodies. And we also mm-hmm. don't really know what she was up to between the Silver Doe saga and yeah, true. the events of this. There's like so- five, six years. Is that what it was? Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. I yeah. guess I was just making the argument. At least she was a pretty compelling character, I would say. And I thought the yeah. performance was good. Totally. Emma Corrin, is that her name? Yeah, her and and Bill, he's emerging. His mm-hmm. actor, which I can't think of off the top of my head, is in that new Zac Efron movie. Yeah, with the, Jeremy. the wrestler brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. Oh, he's he fits. A, yeah, so that's going to be great. I mean, I'm so happy to see him emerge. I don't know where he's been before. This is the first thing I've seen him in. He's great. He's awesome. He's mm-hmm. very handsome. I'm into it. <laughs> Speaking of just things off the top of my head, I brought this up last podcast or maybe two ago. What was Lee looking for? In Bill's room, then who cares? The oh, wait, I, know, yeah. I have what? something in Zoomer's kit is the morphine, but the morphine was in Bill's room. Darby picks it up. Yeah, he takes it out of the kit and pokes him, doesn't he? Yeah, but then when Darby's in the room, she picks up the morphine to look at it, and there's like she's like, "There's no fingerprints on this," but then it's in his kit again. Maybe there was two. I don't know. You're right, though. Maybe. Yeah, I know. Are you saying in the bunker at the end, he also had it in his kit? In, yeah, it was in, in the his bunker. Darby kit. picks ah, it up. That's unless, like a mistake. Unless Ray's <laughs> like, does. take two just in case. Yeah. <laughs> you never know. Literally. Got a double um, tap. Yeah, there's little things. Like, we. Yeah, yeah I'll sorry. leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, but... We've poked plenty of holes in this show. I don't think we have to belabor it. I think we've done yeah. our due diligence. I was going to say, we've got five minutes. So, if Luke, if you want to run through our final things of who we chose and where it sh- how it shook out. Sure, sure, sure. So, I'm yeah, not she even going to read. She got it most right. No, she did. She definitely did. <laughs> I'm not going to read all the safes because we were correct every single time for the safes, obviously. <laughs> we were guessing yeah. a bunch of Zebas, Lumes, like all that. Zeba actually was the most, Zeba and Lume were the most commonly guessed. We never really suspected them. And I actually only think they were guessed as killers once or twice. But anyway, so Brian, you were David, David, Oliver, Oliver, Oliver. <laughs> so. He stood by his ground. He thought of his uh, theories and stood by it. Kathleen, you were Ray Ray, and then you just jumped off the train, lost all confidence, and went Todd <laughs> yeah. Lee. But I will say that in episode six, I do say the Ryan Zoomer thing. I sent it to Luke, uh, the clip of me saying it in episode six. I'm like, I'm still not convinced it's not Ray telling Zoomer to hit him with the morphine. <laughs> Send that to Brian, but that's funny. And then my yeah. guesses which weren't, weren't much better. I did guess Ray once. It was Martin Ray Lee Lee Martin. So... I get half a point. Well, yeah. I'll tell you what, you get you get validated with your sweeping declaration from episode one that no matter what, Britt Marling will not be the villain of this show. Right. Boy, You're did right. that ever come true. So undefeated what were, there. What were yep. some of the sweeping declarations that Brian made that Lume was safe and she was? Um, and good. Well, he was. Well, no. So he was. Many? Zeba, Zeba, no. <laughs> switched, switched to David, and then it was Andy Lume. So Beatles was all over the board, thinking everybody was safe throughout this coverage. Which I just know. remember laughing at Brian last episode when I was editing, and he was just like, "So I had Oliver a few times, right? Okay, just checking." Like you were doing this like really <laughs> hammy thing, which was making me laugh when we were <laughs> editing. I guess just to take it home. I don't regret watching this show. I hope it doesn't come off like we hated this show because we did enjoy it. And it was fun talking about it. Alki and David even watched it. I said David. That was weird. Alki and <laughs> David even watched it. Um, <laughs> overall, it was great. I will still watch anything these motherfuckers make. Don't get me yep. wrong. But yep. 
just hope that the next time they come out with something, it's either a little bit more unique or they lean into a specific lane and just master it and just make it crazy. Cause totally. but overall six and a half, seven ish out of 10. And I definitely enjoyed the experience lean and then I'll take it home. Sure. Yeah. Part of me thinks maybe they just came up with like a one season banger because they were burned with the OA. You know, they got canceled. They mm-hmm. had this magnificent masterpiece written. Like, I think it was supposed to be five seasons. It was going to be gorgeous. You just knew it. And the first two were perfection. I, I would still recommend a two season canceled show any day in my life. But agreed with Luke, I will watch anything Brit and Zal do. I think this was a fun watch. I I would binge a seven-episode show any day, and I thought this was good, not great, but that's fine. I watch a lot of good shows. I watch a lot of bad shows, too. So, you know, good by me, and um, I, I can't wait to see what they do next. Tagsy, take us home. Yep, I got about the same tone as you guys. I mean, it was good, not great. Love Brit and Zal. I'm excited for their next project. I think this probably did not benefit from being put under the microscope of a podcast taking notes every week if we could just have fun with it binge it watch the episode and be like wow i wonder who it is and we probably would have looked over a lot of the flaws that we have been pointing out but yeah luke uh six and a half sounds right i'll give him a seven good not great like i said i think that's all we got right guys yeah, mm-hmm. go check out our OA coverage. We loved doing that. We love that show. We don't have enough good things to say about that show. It's incredible. Yeah, hopefully season three of that Hulu's just like, you know what? Just season three OA. Run it run it from there. Oh my God, um, I would throw up. Uh, we would be all throwing up. Um, <laughs> that's all we got, though, guys. Finale of Murder at the End of the World. As always, if you like what you heard, give Binchtown TV a follow on Twitter and Instagram. Visit us on BinchtownTV.com and subscribe to our show on Spotify, YouTube, the Apple Podcast app, or wherever else you may find your podcast. Once again, we are Binchtown TV. And thanks for listening. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 